welcome back to Ike Live. This is the Christmas special. I am Scrooge, bah humbug. Iconizer. Uh, I'm Iconizer, bah humbug. I've got my smoking jacket on. I've got my PJs on here. Um, what a great show here we've got uh, going out, taking 2020 out. Dave, a lot of people say good riddance to 2020. I think some good things yeah. happened this year. Yeah. Uh, but I, off off uh, camera there a second ago, we are talking a little bit about some shopping experiences you've had. Do you want to uh, yeah. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so like in 2020, Karen became a big thing, right, with Karen ratting on mm -hmm. people. Yeah, and Karen. Being, yeah. So I'm, I'm checking out at Dick's uh, yesterday, and I, I'm the last guy in line. And I had a Karen, like, three spots in front of me. A Karen, yeah. And she had to, like, turn around. And, and, and of course, we all have our masks on. And she had to turn around and tell me that I'm, uh, I guess I'm messing up the line because there were dots that I couldn't see on the other side of the clothes and the mannequins that I'm supposed to be at. Right. And I said, uh, there's uh, dots? Oh, you mean this? Yeah, to where you're supposed to stand. And like I, I was just foot? going off the guy, the last guy, and I'm just standing behind him or wherever I'm at. Yeah. She, you know, she corrects me, and I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were the line cop now, and I said it out loud. She's with her husband, and people now look, you know. <laughs> so now, so then she yes. says. Yes. But nah, dude. So then oh. she says. <laughs> nah, dude. Then she looks at me and says, well, your mask says line cutter on it. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, dude, I had our, the line cutter sun bib on my face, and it must have been <laughs> facing forward. <laughs> well, now she countered me. Now everyone's looking. Now it's yeah. like I have to explain what line cutters are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mid-sentence of trying to tell her what line cutters are, she turned her back to me, dude. I took an L to a oh. Karen right in fucking Oh, bits. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, dude. What's yeah. this world coming to? I know, to? man. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Dude, I got a Shout out to her. Yeah, yeah, shout out to that Karen. I got a great Karen story oh. from when we fished with Ben. <laughs> did, did you hear about this at all? No. So we no. fished the upper Chesapeake Bay, Peak Lusick, with Ben. And it was a terrible day, uh, muddiest I've ever seen it, cold, windy. It was the shittiest hey, day ever. I, Mike, you stay that. I watched that show. Yeah. That show was awesome. It looked like you guys had a blistering we, day. Out. That's well, the magic of editing. I know. We didn't. We didn't. We had we had us 10 or 12 bites, and we only land at 5 or 6. It was not a great day. Nah, but Milken's editor is a squared away dude. He yeah. What he's, he's doing. But, yeah. So the one piece of clear water was the condo duck. And so... You know, we fished it. We had those bites. And then, you know, you always, like, are, like, there's got to be something better, right? So we went and wasted a bunch of time doing other shit. And at the end, we come back. I'm like, let's just go back. We know they're there. And we're coming back to the condo dock. And I see a dude fishing off the condo dock from the dock. And, dude, in 20 years of fishing, you have to test On the Bay, deep side? On the deep side where the deep, where the deep cut is for the boat? Uh, boat? Uh, oh, he, well, he was fishing the left side of the dock. But, uh, okay. um you know, sides of deep side. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, he was just standing there fishing. He was fishing a silver buddy, and I'm like, Damn, I never saw anybody fishing off his dock. True. Um, and I'm and in my mind, as I rolled up, I'm thinking, Damn, he must he must like live there or something, yeah, you know? Yeah. But I saw a truck parked up there, and I'm like, This is the weirdest thing. So we're fishing, we're fishing. All of a sudden, dude, a Karen oh, yeah. with a dog comes booking down this dock, <laughs> and dude, they get she's gonna fix, fix oh, the dude, world. They get into it, yeah. and they get into it. She said, "Where do you live?" I could, and all, dude, all this is going down as we're fishing in front of him. Where do you live? I don't live anywhere, and I could hear him. Oh, and she's yeah. like, "I'm the, you got to get out of here. You don't live here. I'm calling the cops." She's, he's like, "Call the cops." Wow. And I'm like, "Damn!" Karen busts her fucking flip phone out, calls the cops. Dude, I swear. <laughs> Hold on, dude. Flip phone. <laughs> she she had an actual flip phone. Wow. Oh, dude, man. she broke out her flip phone. Karen with the dog. <laughs> Dang. 
called the cops. Karen with the dog goes, walks down the end of the dock. Before she got to the end of the dock, a fucking cop pulled up, dude. Wow. The quickest I ever saw a police officer a respond to Shout a call. Shout out to the Northeast Police Department, yeah. dude. Jeez. So I see this cop come down, and by this point, I'm, I'm out of earshot. Now, I can't, can't understand what they're saying, but the cop and this guy are just having this conversation, and it goes on for like five minutes. And the whole time, by the way, he's snagged in a rope, which makes it even funnier. <laughs> the whole time he's talking to Karen and the cop, he's still snagged in a rope oh. with a silver button. You only bounce your lure off a quarter million dollar oh, yeah. sailboat when people are standing oh, in the Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> That's the only time. So he finally gets it, he gets it out of the rope. He has this five-minute conversation with the cop, which seems cordial. He walks back. I see him put the rod. Uh, everything's slow in slow motion. He, tailgate goes down. The rod goes in. Tailgate goes up. It yeah. takes his time. Gets in and pulls away. But now... The cop has to deal with Karen oh. because he let this right. guy just right. go. And Karen uh, wants him tased. And God forbid. Right yeah. Yeah. And, dude, bitch. I can hear Karen and that fucking dog Whoa. just having uh, at this cop. Really? For not, oh, yeah. For not, you know, giving him a ticket or, Fine. you know, whatever. And and I can see the cop, ma'am, ma'am, and, you know, getting hand movements. And that was, that was a good Karen. I mean, make it in the edit. I have no idea. Wow. Maybe the it's mo- something they're going to post the later. The most amazing meme was from that one Karen that called on the, the people barbecuing with their flip phone. And like, there's a, she's wearing like a zip-up hoodie, and then like someone <laughs> took her. And like every historical photo of like black people together, like they put her somewhere, like on her phone, like calling. Oh Dude, my it's god! It's the most amazing meme that ever happened. <laughs> oh like my she god! She could just mind her own business. Like, get, get the fuck out of the park. Crazy. You know? I, Mike, I, I hope that wasn't one of my clients because – I, I had a client there, and and he he was strategizing. Do you think they'll let me come here and fish? Yeah, in that, in that same <laughs> oh. dock. And I'm like, I think it's private. I, I you know, I've never seen anybody fish here. And, yeah. and what kind I, of truck? I, <laughs> I I don't know what kind of truck he drives. So I don't know what Mike it might have been it. him because he actually the one the one thing he did say he had he a was bass like, you had on no, but as we got closer, he's like, <laughs> he's looking, he's looking, he's like, hi, Ellie. Oh man, I haven't seen you since you you and Pete did that seminar in uh, Cecil County. I was like, "Hey man, how you doing?" Yeah, you sold me a bunch of stone jigs. Oh cool. <laughs> say, can I buy them back? Yeah. Yeah. Where are they at? Yeah, where are they at? Yeah, where are they at, bro? It may have been your client, Pete. It may have wow. been. Yeah, I'm gonna need them back, sir. At twice the price you bought them for. <laughs> <laughs> they have like poisonous poisonous stuff in them. The good old stone jigs. They have COVID. Dude, what a what a weird time. I I'll be honest with you, Dave. I have I have done very little physical uh, shopping this year for the holidays. I've done I would say ninety percent of it online. You know, yep. and it, it's not it's not necessarily because I'm COVID like uh, paranoid. It's just because I'm like like why like why even yeah. deal with deal with right. all that hassle. I try. I try. Know? So listen, man. Like. What? What's the matter, bro? No, was, you want to, you give want me to... the cue on when we want to bring us in. Well, let's yeah. handle that now. We'll talk about. Let's bring yeah. the shopping back. Yeah. Okay. I, I got some. Yeah. I got some more observations. Uh, yeah, I know everybody wants to hear. Me. It's uh, like the epitome of anxiety to go to the mall <laughs> and deal with all that. Like it's like it, it's the worst. It's the it's the worst. There's so you so got to buy a present for Rich, Dad. Dog. He's got a dog. Yeah. A cat. Yeah. Some lady friends. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Too easy. Do it online. Do it online, man. All right. Here comes. All right. So. Oh, this is the Ike Live Christmas special. Mike, I am, close your eyes, Mike. I am Scrooge. Bahumbug! And joining us now, well, uh, we've on. got the... Hold on. 
Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Joining us now, I'm Cosmos. Joining us now, we have the legend of Christmas past, of Christmas fishing past, the legend of Christmas fishing past, and we have on. Tell me when I can look, Bri. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great job. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> the timing it. of this <laughs> is totally off. Oh, we're connected. It's just nobody's sitting. In front oh, of nobody's the computer. there. <laughs> it's an empty room. <laughs> There it is. Thank Look at that. Thank God we don't have a live drum roll. Man, I like the empty room, though. <laughs> guys, forearms would Let me see. Off. Give me a full screen in this room. Let me try yeah. to dissect yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, yeah. let's see. All right, let's so I see, I see a skull. I see it looks like a moose mount. I see a turkey mount in the back. A whole bunch of knickknacks inside that curio cabinet. Yeah. I wonder well, if right, what, kind of, what, what, what region are we in? I would say south. Looks like look, southeast. Look, look, look. Oh, 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 oh! oh! <laughs> yeah. Yes! There he is. Yeah. You're on, Roland. Roland! Hey, here, huh? <laughs> How you doing, nice Roland? To you guys. Good to see you. How are you? Doing fine. Doing, doing, doing great. How about yourself? Oh, man, so good. This is a treat to have you on our Christmas special tonight. Uh, I'm so... So excited to have you on. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you, you look damn good right now. You look, you look like I, you could be forty-eight years old right now. Like when we watched them you, as kids. I'm telling you, you look like that was the big time. You look like you've been working out. You look like you've been yeah, lifting you know, weights. You know what the deal was? Now I didn't catch COVID about two months ago. I got pretty sick and I lost a little weight. But before that, I was so worried about my health. That starting at about the first of the year, well, February, I started working out and push-ups and sit-ups and all sorts of diets, and, and I got in pretty good shape. So when I did catch the COVID, I, you know, I, I was in pretty good shape. I, I got through it fine. Roland, you got to get back that Roland Martin slash Ric Flair golden quaff on the head. All right, they make they they sell chemicals. You can do that with man. You, you got the face for it. You just got to get the hair yellow. You you still look you're forty. Whatever's going on down there, I, I might need to get some of that Florida COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. In fact, Scott's uh, older daughter, uh, Hillary's got it this week, so uh, that's going to kind of put a quarantine on Christmas in a couple days. So. Yeah. yeah, if you're immune, you can, you can go around everybody. Well, I, I guess I'm immune to it. I don't know. Well, you are. Of course you are. You're Roland Martin. Well, what's going to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Roland, I got to tell you, first of all, um, and I, I speak, I know, for a lot of guys in this room, a lot of our listeners, a lot of our viewers, you have been so impactful to so many people, uh, including myself. And I, I, I want to just tell you this quick story. When, when I was young, uh, I put it like middle school, so we're like sixth, seventh grade. You know, like normal kids in the neighborhood where we grew up. We grew up right outside of Philadelphia. Normal kids were, you know, on a weekend, they were getting in trouble. They were doing bad shit. They were playing normal sports like baseball, football, stuff like that, basketball. And we had a group of about three or four of us that we loved to fish. And Saturday mornings for us were dictated by your show. Like literally, like we would base our weekend around watching your show and, uh, I mean, impactful to me to want to pursue this a as a profession. So I, I can't – I know you hear that a lot, but I, I got to thank you for, for just being an inspiration for a lot of people, including myself. Well, Mike, you've set the standard. In fact, I've been trying to catch you the last couple of years. You know, your YouTube's gone kind of crazy, and 
you're up to, I don't know, 140,000 or so. And I'm, I'm right behind you, but, but I can't catch you no matter what you do. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, hey, I, uh, Roland, so this, uh, to, to add to what Mike was saying, I used to bag groceries out of supermarket on the weekends and take the groceries out to the old people's cars and my tip money. I actually went out before when all these guys were still using spinning rods. I went to Kmart and bought a Shimano Bantam baitcaster because that's yes, what we were throwing on the I show. I remember that. <laughs> first one in our yeah, area. I was the first guy to use a baitcaster in our group. That's well, awesome. they were the good old days. Shimano really had it going there for a while, you know. I don't know. Now I don't hear much about Shimano, but. Oh, they, they, they were they were the top dog. They'll love to hear it. I'm still loyal to them. You know, uh, 30, 30 years, I don't know, 35, 35 years later, I'm still loyal to them, and that's what I use. Well, speaking of speaking of top dogs, let me let me read this to you, Mike and Roland, because this is amazing. Uh, we know this. Everybody knows. Nine-time angler of the year. 19 wins. As impressive to me as, as that is, he's got 19 second place finishes. Wow. <laughs> His top 10 percentage is crazy. It's 33% of your tournaments rolling. You're in the top 10 in that event. You're contending to win one out of every three. That's just <laughs> spectacular. It's, it's you know, you know, the funny thing, Pete, when, when I was competing really big time, I was more concerned about the ones that I lost than the ones that I won because I'd always, when I win, I would feel real good about it, real, real complacent. But I'd lose, I'd always second guess myself. I'd always say, Why didn't I do session sets? Why didn't I, why did I do that for? Why did I screw up? And so I have so many screw ups to kind of, you know, thank for all that. You know, yeah. we all do. And, that, and that's the thing about fishing. You know, fishing is such a big, wide thing. And, it, and it, you, you take the chances. I know, I know Mike does the same thing, he gambles a lot. And we've all gambled, and sometimes the gambles just don't work out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They they well, pay off bigger. They don't pay off. <laughs> exactly. And this stat comes from Ken Duke, which is a really crazy stat um, because it's never been done, and and I don't. It'll never be done. You averaged third place in every event for three years. Oh my god! In, in a two hundred <laughs> man field. What? Oh my that, god! That was, good old age. That, that, that was that was pretty special. <laughs> you know, the competition today wouldn't let you do that. Of course, uh, there's so many good anglers out there. Uh, I was invited back this last week. Uh, Bruce uh, Aiken from BASS had invited me back to fish the uh, the Elite Series uh, circuit again uh, on the uh, I guess the legendary category. It's the second time he's invited me. And I thought about it, and I talked to my son Scott because see, Scott just made it mm -hmm. uh, through the uh, through the opens, and so it was going to be a father and son thing. But you know, I just it, I just decided, you know, I'm an old guy now, and I I can rest on my laurels. I just soon just watch Scott do well, and yeah. I didn't want to take away from that. So uh, I'm not going to fish the elite. Wow, I'm that's glad. Wow. I'm glad. I'm totally yeah. glad. You know, Mike, I'm 80 years old. I mean, that's, that's a little old for the elite. Well, I, I, can, I can tell you this, Rowan. I, I understand where you're coming from. You know, I've got a son now that's nine, gone on ten, and I love, love, love watching him. I love watching him catch him, watching him compete more than I do myself. I really do. No, and no. It's, it's a really special thing, you know, a dad has with his son when when you can bond in the in the world of tournament fishing you know so i i can relate to that 
I want to change topics real quick, and I want to corner you on something. And remember, Roland, this is Ike Live, so you got to answer honestly. You can't lie <laughs> on this show. Okay. It's the only rule we have. Um, I get, I had, I get, I had, I, I had a ton of it. I get a ton of it still. Criticism for being different, for being loud, for being a different kind of fisherman, for being aggressive. Uh, for doing things that are uh, um, borderline maybe dangerous to some people to get to fish, you were the originator of that. When I, when I look at, at the sport, you were the first guy that, that, that did, did all that stuff. You pushed the envelope. You pushed the envelope. You, pushed the envelope. you, 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 you got excited. You yelled. You screamed. You, you, you wrecked boats to get to fish. I mean, you did all this stuff before I did. You made a bunch of guys from New Jersey say son, even son, though it's completely yeah. not. I yeah. mean, it should have happened up here. We should I, be saying that. I mean, t- t- talk about that. Do you, you have any advice for me with all this? Because I get all this criticism. Yeah, we're, we're both showmen. I mean, let's, let's say, I mean, you're a showman, and I'm a showman. And when it comes to television and the cameras go on, and, you, and I see you do it all the time, you know, you, you light up. I mean, I like it because I know that it's it's important to, to kind of and you know be emphatic and just you know project yourself because yeah. the cameras are going. And so a lot of people don't have that ability. You and I have that ability, and we can we can project ourselves. And sometimes we get a little carried away. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to I, that. I that. <laughs> Roland, it's, it's Dave. I'm so glad you're not going to do bass because I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't get to watch you in your tricked out canoe fishing the Everglades. <laughs> And there's a lot of us that are doing that. You said you got 100,000 guys want to see you in the Everglades in your canoe. Yeah. All right. More so than we do probably on that tour. Yeah. It's got to be a good feeling, though, Roland, to know that you've created a whole generation of anglers. And you still are, you know, even now yep. through your digital yeah. assets. You're- I really feel like, I mean, to me, I'm, a, I'm a kind of an old school teacher at heart. And I've done a lot of stuff in the military and actually did some teach school. And, and I enjoy passing it on. I enjoy, and you're, you're so good. I mean, I've seen you do so many how-to videos, and you're just perfect. And, and I am too. I mean, I can, I, can, I can communicate the ABCs of whatever it is. Make it simple. You know, make it, make it count. And, uh, and I think you and I both have that ability to, to just lay it out real simple and easy and educate the people and educate the generation. And that's, 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 that's important. Yeah. It's really important. Uh, based on the theme of tonight's show, Roland, you know, this is – we're sort of doing a spoof on, uh, on Ebenezer Scrooge here. Christmas uh, Carol. Christmas Carol, going back in time. I, I need you to go back in time. Give me one thing that you did right in your career and give me one thing that you regret in your career. Right, start start with the thing you did right. The regrettable one was probably – it was a funny thing. I do a lot of work with uh, – uh, uh, Make a Wish yeah. Foundation. Yeah, and uh, one time Johnny Morris and I, Johnny was my biggest advertiser at the time with Bass Pro, and we were tarpon fishing at Boca Grande. I had a, a place over there at Boca Grande, and right in the middle of that whole week, because Johnny only comes down every so often, this guy from the Make a Wish said, "Listen, uh, would you take this guy fishing in, in, in like two days from now? You know, it would be Johnny's time." And, uh, and, and I said, well, I'm all tied up. You know, I got, I got my biggest sponsor. I got my biggest advertiser. And I just really don't have time to do that. Well, this guy's dying of cancer, this this young kid. Yeah. Yeah. And as it turned out, he didn't die, and he's still alive. But that's, that's beside the point. The, the point was that the request came 
that I'd drop everything I do and everything that I was doing and just take this dying kid fishing. Well, I refused it. And boy, it hit the national media. I mean, I was called the worst names from, from all the people all across the country. It, it hit USA Today. You know, oh fishing refuses dying boy a request to go fishing. And it was, you know, just all out of shape. It they was like the news you before Trump happened. even gave it that term. They, them <laughs> bastards. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, you know, the, the best thing that ever happened, a couple of my fishing trips with uh, President Bush. Yeah. Well, George W. and, uh, and, and uh, anyway, that, it was really cool. And I, I, I tell a lot of stories about how we were sitting on the dock one day at, at Crawford Ranch, and uh, George Bush was right in the middle of all that Fallujah action over in, in, uh, uh, in the Mideast. And, yeah. and there were all sorts of Marines being killed and stuff. And so <laughs> it, was, it was just really a, a neat deal because we'd fish for a while. Try to do some video, and all of a sudden he'd say, I gotta go. Condoleezza Rice is on the phone. I gotta go. And so he'd run up the hill and big national meeting, then he'd come back out again. He'd say, Okay, Roland, let's go fishing again. And so it was just really a cool trip, a cool week. And uh, I was there, I was there on the Crawford Ranch for about a whole week making a film with uh, President Bush. And the and the Coupe de Gras came at his Christmas party. He invited me to go to the Christmas party. And I, when I came up to the line, you know, he said, Hey Roland, hey Judy. And he recognized it, and Barbara was there. Not Barbara, but uh, his, his, his wife. Uh, not, I'm thinking of the wrong president. <laughs> uh, anyway, we talked about this big bass that he caught. He caught an 8-pound, 12-ounce bass on this FAD structure. This, uh, this, that's a fish-attracting device that he'd put in the lake. So when he talked to me, he said, Well, I caught this 8-12 on an FAD in the northeast sector of the lake. And so everybody that was in line around around us thought we were talking missile talk. Thought we were talking <laughs> level security. You know, all these funny fishing terms. And on Cinco, you know, five inch. But it was like everybody that were really totally confused. So anyway, I got through that whole deal, and uh, I made this really neat video with with President Bush. And uh, I passed on down the line. Judy and I were down a little bit. I said, Mister President, Mister President, hey, hey, uh, I want to ask you something. He said, Yeah. He says. I said, you know that video we did, uh, sir? He says, yeah. He said, it was really successful. And I said, yes, sir. It got you reelected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, hold on, Roland, Brian the Carpenter, I remember him being impressed by the fact that W could actually fish. And I remember the fact that he was super impressed with W taking the little tiny fish and culling them out of the whole system. So that the fish, so that the lake could prov- yeah. you know, breed bigger fish. Yeah, manage. I remember having a conversation with Brian about that. Yeah, yeah. he uh, uh, actually uh, uh, both of the bushes were, were fantastic fishermen. Really, you know, they, they, uh, Ray Scott would you know organize that whole thing. And, and I remember the first time with uh, Orlando Wilson and I, we drew, we threw darts to see who was going to fish with uh, with George <laughs> Senior, and uh, and, uh, we, and Orlando and I won the dart throwing contest, so we fished with the president. Oh, man. Yeah, but Texans get along better with Floridians than they do with uh, Georgians. <laughs> That's probably right. Yeah, you won that. That's but you, you right. don't even know, Roland, you red-pilled our very own Brian Stockle, a.k.a. Brian the Carpenter, man. You red-pilled him 20 years ago. <laughs> you didn't even know it. Red-pilled. I've got a couple Roland Martin stories I want to tell to the, the Ike Live group, Roland. I want, you to, I want you to go back through these with me, but I mm. – one of the first ones was on Lake Champlain. Oh boy! I don't this know if you remember. Yeah. And you, 
you had uh, made the final day. You were dominating the tournament. Right. But you ran out of Uncle Josh pork rinds. I did, I, that and, was a big deal on jigs, yeah. Yep. And and I had a stockpile and went in my truck and I hooked you up with a handful oh, and you man. went out and won that tournament on my Uncle Josh pork rinds. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes. went off the market. You know, I still had a couple boxes, but I looked at them. I opened the jar the other day, and they all they all rotted away or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so so neat those those jigs. That was that was quite a tournament that last day. You know what happened was uh, I I had a partner, and I know you work with partners like this, but I had a little rock pile coming back from Missisquoi Bay, and we'd stopped on that rock pile. We both had a limit in the boat, and I told my partner, and I told turned to him. I said, I said, partner, you got a limit. I got a limit. I'm I'm leaving the tournament. If you just let me fish and catch one more four-pound bass and just throw the other way and don't throw to that rock pile, I'll win the tournament because one more four-pounder would do it for me. And he was nice enough to say, okay, Roland, you deserve the rock pile. And he threw out the other side of the boat. Now, that, he didn't have to do that. That was pretty cool. And so, uh, sure enough, I, I, I milked that little rock pile. I caught a four-pound bass and won the tournament. But, you know, it, with, without that cooperation, without working with your partners like yeah. we did then, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just wouldn't be able to win the tournament. No question. And it's so important. And you worked with me as a rookie, and this was huge because I'm broke. I'm taking on the top 100s. I think it was 97. Yeah, that was the one that, uh, at, at, uh, Russell. Yeah, 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 yeah. At Lake Russell. We were, uh, you know, we had Lake booked uh, Mark Waller's house. Yeah, Mark Waller. Yeah, Mark yeah. Waller. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Mark Waller. I don't know if he's still yeah, dying or not, but uh, probably. Well, heck, the turkeys that I had the turkey phone. You, 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 you <laughs> man, Mike, and you know what this is like. He came up to me, and and I'm broke. I don't have, you know, we. I, I don't know how I'm going to get gas to get home. And and Roland said, you know, Pete, I was staying with Chuck Economo. He Chuck was Conno. my roommate. Shout out to Chuck. Shout out to Chuck. And uh, he said, Pete, don't buy any dinners. I got dinners for you guys all week, and uh, no, I had I had elk meat. Didn't I have elk meat and had some uh, turkey meat? Elk and turkey and and fish and and but this was the well, this was the craziest part because number one that was awesome. Thank you for that. And I was I was nervous. Like I didn't know Roland was staying with us. I was so nervous. I couldn't hardly talk to you, but you were so nice, telling us stories all night. It was great, and um and eating all that great food and. But the last day was the fish fry, and and uh, you know, it was just the craziest thing in the world. We, you know, we're getting our, we get done the meeting, we're rigging our rods, and uh, Mark Waller comes up and says, "You guys ready to eat?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, whenever you're ready, I'm ready." And you you reached into your live well and pulled out about twenty largemouth. You caught that last day of practice. <laughs> oh, yeah. we. <laughs> Pete, Pete, are you implicating Roland in over-harvesting fish in New York or Vermont? What are you doing? He pulled out four. No, this is Lake Russell. He <laughs> kept 30 at Lake Russell. It didn't matter. What was that, Roland? You said you, you kept the small ones? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, good job, I'm Pete. Like, I'm so intimidated. If a fish even comes near my bait, I'm reeling it in. I'm shaking everything <laughs> off. You know, and and here, you know, the the all time angler of the year, he's catching. The, he's just, you know, telling me uh, they're just the little ones, Pete. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I ate bass with Roland Martin the night before the tournament. 
And and that, I'm like, I you know, the bass gods, I'm gonna get killed. Dude, that's I'm, God, no that's way almost sacrilegious. Fish. You're eating I your opponent. You know, it's funny how, how things have changed. But you know, Mike, back when I first started fishing back in 1970, there was no catch and release. Yeah. And uh, I remember yeah. the first year at Lake Ufallens, places like that, we'd drag fish up up to the scales on ropes. Yeah, you yeah, had them on spears. They had spears. a big old aluminum boat with the ice in it to give, give all the fish away. There was no catch and release in 1970. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. You know, all the fish were kept and killed. It's crazy. A lot, well, a lot of things A lot of things have changed over the years in tournament fishing. But let's go sure. back to Pete. Pete, you getting to share that with Roland, that's like yeah. the average guy. Like, you're sitting on Conan the Barbarian's throne, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dude, that's amazing, <laughs> Pete. That's a it, good story, man. It did not It did not pass on me. I've remembered. I've remembered forever. It I know, great, dude. Yeah. I wish I could remember me. it. <laughs> and, and like I was saying, I thought the fish gods were going to clobber me. But Roland and I both top ten in that tournament. Wow. That's right. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I actually caught cool. Lunker that next day after eating bass. Why don't you go down to Florida and drink out of the Martin goblet so you can get the virus, <laughs> get cured from it, and come back and come in studio? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need right. you back in studio, Pete. Was there a hey, meeting? Hey, obviously, about Chuck Economy. Chuck called me not too long ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he's doing fine. He's living here in Florida. Yeah. Wow. Yep. How about he's, it. Yeah, it's, that's great. It's I hear from him from time to time too. Merry Christmas, Chuck. Chuck and I traveled. Uh, I don't know half a dozen years out on the yep. tournament trail. So uh, that's that's great. And yeah, him and I had a wonderful experience, and you know we've been friends ever since, Roland. So I've always appreciated that's that. That's awesome. Let me uh, let me remind everybody watching and listening. Uh, we've got the one and only Roland Martin on. Uh, if you've got a question or a comment for Roland, please hit up our IM or hit us up on our social media feed at Ike Live Show. Uh, Riz, do we, we got any, you got anything coming through right now or what you, what you got? We do. Um, uh, Mac attack actually wants to know, Roland, what's your, uh, what's your favorite body of water you've ever fished? And that does not limit to freshwater. That can be uh saltwater fishing as well. What now, as we all know, all these lakes peak at different times and we had big peaks on the, on the California Delta Delta. We've had peaks at, at Santee Cooper that were just unreal back in the late 60s and early 70s. And we had peaks at, at, at the Lake Eufaula. You know, back in 70, 69 and 70, there was no better lake ever than Lake Eufaula in Alabama. So, I mean, you have to take lakes one year at a time because they're just all peaking. Right now, Okeechobee is normally my favorite lake, but it's having a kind of a bad year because of the water levels and stuff, and we're not catching a whole lot of fish on Lake Okeechobee. Actually, there's a little lake that they've just built in the state of Florida called the uh, Headwaters Lake. It's part of the stick marsh thing. It's a 10,000 acre deal. You've probably seen J- JT Kenny kind of post some stuff on it. And uh, we, he and I have been going over there for this last year. We've just caught so many beautiful bass. And that's a brand new lake, 10,000 acre lake. There's another lake Man, south of Lake Okeechobee called the A1, 17,000 acre retention area. It's canoe only. And small boats and stuff, but yet it's it's a killer. It's just an absolute. Where's wonder- that, one at, Roland? Well, the one you just said with the canoes and the kayak. Where's that at? That's called A One. It's about twenty five miles south of Lake Okeechobee, and it's uh, only open three days a week. But I've been fishing it for wow. three years, and I'm taking hundreds and hundreds of beautiful bass out. Of it. So I'm going to Florida cool. soon. Hey, Roland, let me ask you something. Okay. Have have uh, have you ever heard anyone or done anything? On 95, on the northbound side, right at the Vero Beach dump, is a lake. 
Do you know anything about what happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, Rivera Beach is what I'm talking about. That That's where the Headwaters Lake is. That's part of that. Well, Garcia is right next to 60. We're coming out of Rivera Beach. And then you're north of Garcia is this new Headwaters thing. And then there's a stick marsh itself. Right. That's all complex that the state of Florida has. And there's a total of about 30,000 acres of what wow. they call the St. John's River Marsh. And right now, the hot thing is, of course, this uh, Headwaters Lake. It's, it's all about seven years old. And what they did, and it's really cool, Mike, and I know you'd appreciate this, rather than just flood it, they went in and enhanced it. And they took big, heavy-duty equipment and they built ditches. And they, they piled up islands. There's like 300 islands out, out yeah. of there. And then there's big holes and ditches and trenches and no, it's just fantastic. Wow. I want to move to Florida so bad. I know. Well, the, the, the opportunities down there are so much better than up here. Ma We're Mac right. Attack, send your information in. Mac Attack, yeah. you get an MTB. Yeah, you're going to win a box. Uh, Riz, who else we got coming through? We're going to keep giving away some boxes here. Riz, what do we got? Yeah, we got uh, we got a lot of people um, uh, joining us, chiming in on the board. And um, the uh, Pickwick, Pickwick Cadillac wants to know, Roland, who was your fishing idol? Uh, when you were growing up, good wow. Bill Dan, Daniel Boone, Bill. <laughs> Jesus. When I first started fishing the tournament trail, I'd read about him, and uh, and so for a couple three years until I finally caught up to him a little bit, uh, he was my. And he's still my idol. I just think the world of him. You know, there's nobody in this whole world, Mike, and we all work hard together trying to please the public. But Dance is a pro. Yeah. Houston and I mean, those two guys, yeah. hey, they work hard at it. Yep. You know, and you do too. I mean, we all work hard at it. But, but I, I don't think anybody works any harder than Bill Dance, and, I, and he's got a heck of a problem. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Hey, Jordan S., anyone who who Riz reads, send your information in. Jordan S., send your information to Riz. Yes, you're going to win a box. Uh, Roland, I wanted to talk about um, – technology a little bit and we've, we've had this come through on the last few shows and I want to get your opinion on it we, we have a lot of guys uh, a lot of a lot of guys that are very anti-technology they they're looking at things like live target things like the Garmin panoptics and they're saying man this is ridiculous this isn't even fishing anymore a lot of people are saying, let's get back to the old school let's get back to not having this technology then there's a whole group that says you know what Accept it. It's part of it's part of the sport as it's changing. Where do you fall on this topic? Yeah, I'm all for the new technology. Like when 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 Kevin Van Dam and everybody's kind of put the squash on the Alabama rig. I was really upset about that. The Alabama rig came along with a new technology for winter fishing that was just really really doing well. Yeah. And yet the bass guys, the top bass guys, said no 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 no. Let's not do that. It's taking unfair advantage of the fish. And I don't know how you voted on the Alabama rig, but I wanted to see that technology go forward, yeah. and it did when it went south. And so at the same token, in the same time, I see the panoptics. I haven't mastered it yet, and I'm not good enough to, to say that I, I, I do work with Scott some, and I do have some units, but I'm not the pro that about 20 guys are. And if I were fishing the Elite Series right now, I'd probably, they'd probably beat my socks off using panoptics. Or I, I just can't do it. But uh, – but it, but I, I still want the door open. I really, I really think that that's the way to the future. Because with catch and release, here's the issue: now that we have catch and release, and basically all these beautiful four, five, and six pound bass are being released and be caught again another day. Hey, why not catch them two or three more, four more times with panoptics? But that's that, that's fine. 
Yeah. I'd, I'd agree. I mean, I, I can be honest with you and tell you that when the Alabama rig came out, I was one of the guys that wanted to see it go forward as well. And I know I know there was a lot that different that 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 uh, voted different on that. But to me, it was like, what's the difference between that, right, and you know, a new crankbait or the Senko, right? <laughs> like, what's the, it's a it's a new bait that evolved and it catches fish. It has its time and its place, right? You're not going to go Lake Okeechobee when they're spawning and do any good on the A rig, you know. So maybe that's where they got the idea of COVID from. Was the uh, was A rig? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> it came from the Alabama. Yeah, they rig. said, "Oh my God, look at what look what did them anglers." Let's, let's do this to the whole population. It may have happened. It may have happened. <laughs> I like the technology. I like embracing technology rolling, yeah. and I think that's that's terrific because I feel the same way about it. But what I was talking with uh, Scott about you one time, and and your passion for fishing is unwavered, uh, it seems, you know, after all these years. And Scott was telling us, like, if it's raining out and it's miserable and nobody else wants to go, my dad will just go just because nobody else wants to go, you know? Pete, here's you know what you don't know. Ten days ago, I had my shoulder. This shoulder was operated on. They cut it all open. I can't use it. And I pleaded with my doctor to let me go fishing. He won't even let me fish shiners right now. I have not fished in like 14 days. It is driving me crazy. <laughs> I mean, all I want to do is go catch a bass. And I go right behind my house. But uh, but the point is, uh, I mean, there's plenty of places to go fishing right here in Florida. And I can catch a bass tomorrow. But the doctor said I've got another two weeks to reconstruct this shoulder. <laughs> and so in the meantime, I'm making turkey calls. Well, why, why, why don't you set the hook with your left arm and let Mary reel it in for you? And, I know. Right? I suggested all that, but he wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> tickle, tickle My Senko wants to know, what of all the pros out on tour right now, uh, who reminds you of yourself? Well, you, you'd have to have, you know, back in my heyday, I was a run-and-gun guy, shallow water opportunist, uh, and I did some I did some lot of deep water fishing too. I, I did some spoon fishing one tournament that way, like on Okeechobee, uh, on because on uh, uh, actually Santia won it in twenty five feet of water. So I mean, I I did some great deep water fishing as well. But my main strength has been the power fishing, the flipping and the big jigs and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I don't know. I'd have to look at one of the power fishermen. That's who would be emulating my my technique more than anything. Who, who out there is the best power fisherman right now? Man, I, don't well, know. I, think, I think a Greg, I think a Greg Hackney. When I, I yeah, said, yeah, Greg Hackney, he's a good one. Yeah, he's perfect. Yeah, he he's right up my alley. He he'll flip all day if, if that's what it comes to. Yeah, and John Cox, John Cox from John from Cox Florida, is a good power know. fisherman. Yeah. yeah, shallow water, shallow water guy. Absolutely, live and die. And I'll finesse fish, and like we won the big uh, tournament uh, this last year against Canada and Mexico, and I was with my son Scott. We were up on the St. Lawrence River catching those 25-pound bags of smallmouth. And uh, sure enough, I was using six-pound line, and I, I, I caught my, better than my share of big fish on that light tackle. So I can, I can fish light tackle. I don't think I can fish it quite as good as Mike. Because I remember one time I was power fishing one of our little tournaments, Mike, and I'd come along a log that I'd caught a big fish on, and you came right behind me with that little bitty four-inch or five-inch little bitty worm. And by God, you caught one there. And you caught, I don't know where you placed it. I think you were leaving the tournament that first day. And I was power fishing that cove, and you came in right behind me and caught all those fish. Yeah. And it was, I said, now, 
I'm doing the wrong thing. <laughs> I, I got a question for Roland. Roland, regarding power fishing. So I spent more money on Uncle Josh pork rind than I did sneakers growing up. Okay? <laughs> How much do you have left in stock laying around in limbo? I'm curious. He, just, well, he, he said I, I, yeah. Josh, I probably have a hundred bottles of it, but I don't think it's any good anymore. I think it's all rotted away, isn't it? No, I mean you got to you got to stay on top of it. Almost like treating great, you know, your gasoline on a bug out situation. You got to treat it. Like I treat my uncle Josh. I got about twenty four canisters of it, man. If you want one, and you still treat, you still get the liquid. Yeah. I thought it went bad after a while. No, oh, I, wow. I, I can absolutely show you stuff that's twenty five years old. Uh, uh, I'll have Brian send you the picture. Well, I might have some good stuff back there. I got about twenty big. Cases of it. The label's rotted off of it already, but I mean, I, I, you know, I have it written with magic marker on top what it is, and I just I treat it once a year. Yeah. You know, you treat it once a year. <laughs> Roland, it's interesting. You talked about that tournament. I remember that tournament you're talking about. It was, um, it was uh, the year that ESPN owned Bass, and they were coming up with this new format, and it was an it was an E50. Race and all that. Yeah, yeah, it was an E50 tournament. I remember we had a late launch. There were like 10 a.m. launches. We weren't doing to like four o'clock, and it, it was a neat time of the sport. You know, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, what is what in, in your it, opinion? What Wisconsin wasn't it? It was Madison. Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin. That's yes, it was. was. Yeah, it was and Wisconsin. You came here right behind me after I powerfished that cove with hardly any success. You caught a giant one. I I I caught a few, but what that to me when I look back on it was a was a neat time in the sport. In your opinion, what was the heyday of the sport? What was the best time in the sport of fishing? Good was question. it was it the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands? Was it now? What's the heyday well, of the sport? Let's face it: when when lakes like like Eufaula, Alabama, were hot, yeah, and we could go out and catch forty and fifty and sixty pounds of bass. There's nothing that been any better than that. Yeah, and they, I saw it again at, at Santee Cooper, about that good. Uh, I don't know that we'll ever see lakes that good again because of the fishing pressure. I'm yeah. not sure that it will ever happen. But catch and release does, you know, does put the fish back into circulation. So, I, I mean, I think that we're going to have a good steady recruitment of fish even even at that. But, you know, now that we, we have basically everything is catch and release. And, yeah. and so I, I, see, I see a bright future. I, I, the only problem is, Mike, you, you know this, back in the 40s and 50s, TVA and all these lakes are all brand new, and there yeah. were just all giant lakes coming on strong like Toledo Bend and Sam Rayburn and all those Texas lakes. Well, that's not happening now. Right. They're not building lakes anymore. Yeah. So we don't have those brand new fresh lakes that are just so good and so hot. It's just not happening. Yeah. So uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we have we have good lakes. Yeah, it's a different it's a different world now. Speaking of different world, um, I, I want to get your opinion on this, and m maybe even I would say advice. You know, you your career really uh, took the next level from other professional anglers when you added the TV model, you know, to your brand and your business. And, and God, TV, uh, you know, it, it reaches so many other people that you can't reach through the tournament fishing box. You did a great job at that, masterful job. I, I, I want to emulate that. I want to copy that. But TV's different. TV's changing. What what's the what's the way that a guy like me could grow his brand outside of the box now? Is it traditional TV? Is it I, social I think media? Here's an example. 
you're, you're going crazy on YouTube. I mean, you're, I mean, the social media has been your strength. I mean, you, you've been so good at that. And I'm kind of weak compared to you. I mean, I'm kind of weak at social media. I don't even do Facebook. Probably. I do that YouTube channel and, and I'm doing all right. But, but uh, uh, that's falling off. I noticed this last couple months, we, we, we just not getting the numbers like we did. You know? Yeah. So, I'm I don't know what's happening with that. Is, t- is TV dead? Is traditional TV dead? Yeah. What's happening to me about two or three years ago when I first started my YouTube, guys like Johnny Morris with Bass Pro and guys like Winston Tucker with Favorite Rods came to me and said, listen, well, we're going to have to cut your contract. You know, your, our television numbers are going downhill. Unless we get some, some other social media or something else to support it, we're going to have to do some drastic cuts. Well, I got busy with the, with the, with the YouTubes, and right away I jumped on 20, 30, 40,000 subscribers, and they all said, okay, Roland, you're doing a good job with that. You know, we're not going to cut your contracts. So they're happy with the mix, yeah. with the television being one little part of it and the YouTube uh, being the other part of it. They're happy with that. Yeah. Yo, how much of you sh- – here, here, here you go, Roland. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but, like, <laughs> your show <laughs> – your show was such – it was so important to me. The first time I got my big boat with an outboard engine and I zipped up my life vest, I th- I, every single show you had, anytime you move spots, he would zip yeah. his life vest. Yeah. And yeah. it was a very, I don't know, I met, when I zipped my life vest, I, yeah. felt, you know, I felt like I was Roland Martin. Yeah. I was probably like 20, you know, well, 20 you know hey, when I had my first big boat. Was a, was a sponsor for a while, and stern life vest. Uh, yeah. so, so I got <laughs> shilled into this whole moment of my life that was important. That's great. <laughs> Hank Parker wrecked my uh, tucking in the shirt with the, with the belt two weeks ago, and now you're going to do this with the vest, <laughs> Roland? Come on, man. That was one of my shining moments of zipping up the vest thinking I was Roland Martin. Yeah. Here you go. All right. Now, that actually bring, that brings something else up, and I, I, I want to bring this up. Roland, you've had some great uh, – uh, you've had a hand in some great lures and techniques over the years. I, mean, I can think of so many. You know, uh, a big blade spinner bait to, to top water fishing. Jig and pork. Uh, jig and pork, uh, you know, revolutionizing shiner fishing early on. So many things. Uh, in your career, the helicopter, order. the helicopter, order, so many, yeah. but, but the one, the one that you don't get enough credit for. And if, if you look back, I wish if you would have got a royalty on this, you could have made a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money is the cock shorts, the very short oh. shorts. I know cock shorts. I know Tommy, <laughs> B- Tommy Biffle takes all the credit for the short shorts, but dude, you had them back in the day. I mean, that was a thing to wear short shorts back in the day. <laughs> I mean, you could think about it. If you, uh, if ten cents on everybody that wore short shorts back then, short shorts, you know, the cocks, the short cock shorts, you could have made a million off just cock shorts. But he had legitimate calves. Roland Martin, I know, was banging calves, dude. That's true. <laughs> you know? that is true. Yeah. I don't know what you that's genetics, dude. Did you do like a lot of calf raises as a kid when you were playing <laughs> sports in the army? Like, what were you doing? How'd them calves get so good? <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, <laughs> it's it's all that scuba diving. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. We did that for a while, you know. That that was something. Like, this guy Dick Gallup. By the way, Dick passed away last year. He did. I heard that. Yeah. And uh, I remember he. We went to about half a dozen tournaments with scuba gear, and we would dive. And that one time at St. Lawrence River, he came in second in the tournament, and we spent the whole week before the tournament. Uh, while well, it was in cutoff. Well, before the cutoff. And all we did was scuba dive the whole time. Found these schools of fish. But that's all. 
Wow. Yeah. Did did that ever work for you at any other tournaments? Did that ever? Well, work? there's not that many lakes that are clear enough. You know, that's the problem. St. Lawrence is perfect because you can see the fish, you know. But mm -hmm. so many of these other places, you just don't see them, you know. It's just not, it's not clear enough. Wow. What did you see at St. Lawrence? Like, did you get on, did, did you guys ID like massive schools of brown oh, fish yeah. around? Oh, yeah. I found a, I found a place. I, I didn't catch them in much in the tournament, but off of uh, uh, Duck Island, yeah. there's a big, long sandbar that goes to the north, uh, southwest. It goes to the southwest. And there's a couple little rock piles on it. And they were stacked on that thing, you know, about 15 feet of water. And I fished it in the tournament. I didn't do any good. But Garlock, we found the, actually found the fish at, right there in, uh, around his house, around uh, uh, uh Wherever that is, not Clayton, but the other town. Alex, Alex Bay. Alex Bay. Yeah, that's where we, that's where he won the tournament. Oh, came second. No kidding. No yeah. kidding. He yeah. didn't go out to the big lake. Well, the the Bassmasters are going back there this year. Saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of jumping in that tournament. Are, are you going to fish any of the opens, or, or are you going to? Well, I'm right. I, I, I I'm thinking about it, Pete. You know, I I fished a few a couple years ago and with moderate success. I'm I'm just not on top of my game right now as far as just winning tournaments. Uh, I fish a few little local things around Lake Okeechobee, and I do fair, but I still don't win a lot of them. You know, not, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, I won a lot of tournaments, but I haven't Clapping everybody. Lately, you know, so. it's, just a, it's just a different ball game. I'm, I'm not fishing with that same intensity I had then. Well, I, I mean, understandably so. But let me – I want to – I've been wanting to ask you this question. What what did you do? You were so far ahead of everybody else for years. How, how did you achieve that? What yeah, what question. allowed yeah, you to, to be so far? Like third place for three years on average. That's I mean, that's, yeah. that's incredible. I, I, I don't know, Pete. I, I, I just know that I, I, I can't answer that other than – I did gamble a lot, and, and I knew a lot about basic patterns, and, and I really had studied to some degree water temperatures and pHs, and I got into a lot of the biology of fish uh, then, too. You know, water temperature was probably my big key to all the early tournaments that I fished. I, I, would, judge, I, I would find a spawning flat, for example, and a cold front would come in that night, and I'd just, I'd just look. I'd, I'd come in with my thermometers, and see where those spawning flat that had dropped six or eight degrees, and I'd pull off into the deeper water, and I'd find a little bit warmer water, and I'd find some of the biggest concentrations of fish I ever found the day, the next day during the tournament. So I mean, I, I would gamble a lot and use just sound technology, working with water temperatures. I really did well. You know, that was one thing. Yeah, and, and the, like to be third place 100 percent of the time, <laughs> three years in a row. Yeah, you know, props to Kenny Duke for digging that up. Yeah, that's stuff. amazing. But my God, Roland, that's a, it'll uh, never be. It'll never be top. No one can ever. No one can ever. No one can ever do that again. But no one would have knew if Kenny Duke. Really, really really good. Good. I think a perfect example was I was fishing a project sports tournament. I think it was on on uh, Lake Sydney Lanier. And I'm flying down the lake one day, and I'm not really doing very good. And all of a sudden, I go back into this cove, and I noticed that the day before I ran in the cove, there was no tree in the water. A beaver had just come that night. A beaver had just come in that cove, and the tree was in the water. It was that morning. It was like the chips 
where the beaver chips were still all floating around the water. And the bugs and stuff, the, probably the tree hadn't been in the water but an hour. And I said, I turned to my partner, and I said, I'm going to win the tournament here. Well, I didn't. I came in third. But the point, the wow. point is, I mean, that tree, I just saw an opportunity with this yeah. great big black tree falling in the water. Yeah. I caught seven bass that day off that tree. Yeah. You know, and it was just, you know, that's the kind of thing I did. Yeah. I gambled, took, uh, uh, took chances like that. And, that was kind of a yeah. I, so you're not one of the believers that think a tree has to be soaking in in the water for a mm-hmm. while. You think a fresh yeah, well, tree, right? Tell you what changed me on that. One time I was out with uh, Johnny Morris and we were putting out trees in uh, in, in uh, Bull Shoals Lake, and I was with scuba gear, and I was on a vertical bluff, and I said, Johnny, let's suspend these cedar trees. Uh, there's these big trees. Let's suspend them on the bluff, going down the rock bluff. And as he'd pull them off with the pontoon boat. And as the tree would come down, I'd be holding on to the rope. Bass would already be coming into the tree. Spotted wow. bass. Yeah, and I'd come, up and I'd come up and I'd say, throw your jig in there. Throw your jig in there, Johnny. And I'd go back down and watch him throwing a, a jig five minutes after he put the tree in, throwing a jig and catching bass five minutes after the tree had wow. just gone. Wow. That now, were you, on, were you and Johnny Morris drinking whiskey when this is happening? Like, what are you guys doing? Are you sober? I'm just wondering. I'm trying to picture my idol <laughs> That's in the water awesome. coaching him up. What are you doing? But it's amazing how quickly – well, you know, and, 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 hey, you know Tidewater as well as anybody. You know how they react to Tidewater. You know, they don't remember that those pilings are there. They just happen to the pilings are there. And how many times have you caught into a set of pilings in just a two or three minutes when the tide is perfect? Boom, you win the tournament. I mean, it's, that's that's what happens with the brush pile. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't think those fish remember anything about the brush pile. I think they just happen to come upon it. Yeah. They happen to come upon those pilings, and and the same thing. Yeah. The tide water, the water's right. I did the same thing on the Hudson River, and that one tournament's on that. When the tide got just right, they yeah. moved in, and that, that's when you caught. Yeah, little window, yeah. little window of opportunity. Yeah. I, okay. Roland, I want to say something real quick. I think you're selling yourself short. I think, you know, what you – when you talk about pattern fishing, you know, Rick Clun's name always comes up. But I think I, I see you as one of the fathers, forefathers of pattern fishing. You know, when I was studying the sport, it was like, how do you make a day not random, right? You don't want it to be luck. You want to get rid of luck. You were one of the first guys that really understood it, that grasped pattern fishing. I learned a lot from you watching you pattern fish and uh, – that I think has a lot to do with your success. You you had a very good yeah. understanding of it. You still do of how to pattern fish, and that goes a long way. Um, Back in the eighties, I wrote a book, you know, on pattern fishing, and so mm-hmm. that was yeah. kind of my book. Yeah. Can, can we get that book on Amazon? Is it out? Of, is that a circulation? We might. No, I don't know if it's still in print, in print now. What was it called? Roland Martin's 101 Bass Catching Secrets. I think we got it back in our library I, I here. Back here. I think we've got it. We've got all the classics back here. I'd like, like to read that book. You know, it's, it's so funny. I know some of the brand-new patterns, like drop shots, probably aren't in there. But, but so many of the standard things that we've done for all these years, all the spawning things and stuff, it, you know, it hasn't changed that much in 40 or 50 years. Really, I mean, bass fishing, you know, you can still take a Johnson spoon yeah. that's been around for 100 years. Yeah. You can still go out into a grass flat right there in, in, in some of your waters, Mike, and catch and catch bass today. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it's bass. There's certain standard things about patterns and lures that just haven't changed. Yep. Just, I, 
I agree. Uh, let's uh, w- one last time. I want to uh, see Riz. Do we've got a couple IMs for Roland before we let him go? Wait, there it is, right oh, there. What? Look at that. That's I it. know we had your book, dude. Look at that. The only thing I bet we, you it's we not signed. copies, and Winchester Press came to me and said, "Roland, you have the most successful, second most successful book we've ever had." Well, I said, "What's the first most successful book?" He said it was a book on bird watching. So there's more bird watching. <laughs> I can tell he's got the shroud of Torrin of bass fishing right here. Dude, for look at people that. watching. Look Dude, at what, this, thing. this is a classic. Oh my this god, this is a classic. I'm gonna, bro, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send this to you. Will you sign this to? If we send Absolutely. this, to you? yeah. Oh sure, my god, yeah. we got to get this sent. Look at those golden locks. You look like a Norwegian shoemaker in this one thing <laughs> right here. Oh my god, dude, <laughs> that's awesome. What a classic. Uh, Riz, what do we got? What do we got coming through for Amazing. Roland on the IMs, Riz? Right, so uh, Casey Fishing wants to know, um, did you have any traditions that you always had to do before a tournament? Predictions. Traditions, like traditions, like, oh, like superstitions. No, no. no, cats, black cats, that doesn't make any difference. The only, the only thing that <laughs> was, was the water temperatures and the, and the weather patterns. That's a tradition whenever, whenever I'd see – a pattern condition change, yeah, that was that was not exactly a tradition, but yeah, I changed my method of fishing. What eating uh, twelve inch bass the night before the tournament wasn't like, a mandatory <laughs> thing. That's all right. That's all right. I haven't eaten bass much since then, though. I I really haven't. Well, <laughs> and I've been looking at every single tournament. Like I gotta eat more bass with Roland <laughs> if I'm going to have a top ten. <laughs> uh, Riz, what else we got? Um, Mike Robinson wants to know, uh, what was the biggest gamble that you ever made on the water? Mm, good one. Biggest gamble. Oh boy. I made so many of them. <laughs> the Connecticut uh, river, Connecticut river rolling comes to mind. You yeah, were- yeah, 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 yeah. That was a big deal. Roland. That was a good, that was a good gamble. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was a big gamble. Yeah. 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 Uh, but basically <laughs> I've been on the edge of propriety. You know, I study the rules and regulations a lot. And and there's a lot of bass rules that, that are in place now because of things I did. For example, the the, the elevated seat for spawning yeah. fish. I had a big elevated deal for, yeah. when I won that at Okeechobee. And then a jet boat that didn't allow that anymore. <laughs> and then the, uh, all sorts <laughs> of different... Uh, I remember one time, one of the first tournaments in '70. I, I believe that if you threw the fish back right away, you know, it would scare all the other school away. So that particular day, I had like 30 other bass. It was, they were it's a spoon pattern, middle of the summer. I was fishing with this guy from Elgin Camp that made axles out of San Antonio, Texas. It was 1970, and I had a whole boat full of bass because I didn't want to throw them back. And I had 30 or 40 pounds of bass. Right? I came in second in the tournament. But the point was uh, – I didn't want to throw them back. Yeah. At the time, there wasn't any rule against it. Right. Well, when I weighed in, Elgin right. Camp told Scott, he says, Scott, Martin had, had 30 bass laid on the floor dying and stuff. So, of course, that was put in effect right away. <laughs> no more no more laying, letting fish just lay around the floor because I didn't want to release them. You know? Is it, do, Roland, do you have an exact number of rules that you created? Because I, kn- I know there's a lot. It's got to be in the sure. dozens. Uh, you know, I used to brag one time. I remember the first big tournament when I had at Lake Seminole. 
uh, Ray asked me in front of the crowd. He said, "Well, what, what do you? What's your success? How, how come you you won this tournament?" I said, "Well, Ray, I I was guiding at Santee Cooper for the last month or so, and I had plenty of free time, so I came down for the last month, and I fished for a month now." Every single day, I knew where all the fish were. Yeah, and so that was, of course, when he put the three-day rule in. Yeah, <laughs> said, we can't have three days of practice. Yeah, because I'd spent a month getting ready for that, darling. Yeah, Rowan, I <laughs> got that, a question. Cool. Right back then, you could do that. You know, Rowan, I got a question. Like after Thanksgiving dinner, when you and Scott are talking. Do you ever like break his stones that he's never changed a rule in his entire career? <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear, hear exactly. I'm sorry. I asked. I said. I said. When you and Scott after Thanksgiving dinner, when you're sitting down, you're full, you're relaxed. Have you ever broken yeah. stones about never getting a rule changed in any of the leagues he fished in? <laughs> oh boy, we do. We uh, Scott. Scott. Scott's a. Uh, he's the new breed of fisherman. He really is. Yeah. He, yeah, he's he's uh, it's it's pretty impressive, you know, Roland. Um, I I I want to talk about this. Is a good way to end the segment is you've uh, Scott has a new breed of angler. He's so good. He's one of the world's best. That's a very difficult thing to follow in your father's footsteps. That's a very but very. Di- it's a very difficult know, he thing. Just follow me. He he made his own. Yeah. What. And he really did. I mean, he, he, he fished a different circuit. Yeah. You know, he had different sponsors. Yeah. You know, he had boats. He had, actually, he purposely tried to be different yeah. than I am. And so, I mean, I mean, he is his own person. He's, mm-hmm. you know, Scott yeah. is did, his own. Did you country. know, when, when did you know, Roland, when did you know that this is something that he wanted to pursue? And when did you know he was going to be good at it? This sounds crazy, but he was all interested in girls in high school, and he had a car with oh, a big radio system. And I said uh, he wanted a big allowance. I said, "Son, the only way you can get an allowance for me is if you go out and catch shiners for for our marina." Yeah, and yeah. Six years old, he he commandeered a boat from the marina. Where we had boats for people to go catch shiners. You know, we had a commercial operation, and he went out and made thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm talking about maybe ten, fifteen thousand dollars as as a sixteen year old kid wow. catching bait for the marina. Yeah, and I said anybody that can master that. I mean, that's just in itself. That's a whole fishing expertise trying to figure yeah. out bait. Yeah, and that's a big. And he did it. He 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 was really successful. And that's how he bought his new car. And that's how he just really kind of got, got himself going catching shiners. Wow, catching bait. Wow, he had he had the drive from an early age, and you have to, I think, to be yeah. very good at anything. You have to have that drive. But the Martins also have tiger blood. That's they true. Have pure tiger blood. I, I, Look, I, Roland's a killer. The son's a killer. I, Hillary's a killer. She's like sixteen. Biology definitely plays a factor, and and the genes are correct <laughs> there. I would say the genes are correct. Uh, Roll last question for you. You you've been on so long, and we appreciate it uh, coming on the show. What? With Scott moving to Bass, I think it's big for him. It's big for his career. What would it mean for you to see Scott win a Bassmaster Classic? Oh, boy, that would be the coup de grace. It'd be something I never did accomplish. Uh, it wasn't my style of fishing as much as, say, Rick Plunge. Uh But, you know, I came – I had some pretty good opportunities. Actually, 
that time you won the classic, you know, I was the next co. I was the next canal over. Oh yeah, I remember. I was. I, was, I could hear you yelling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh my God. dude. That's I, amazing. I, I, I went that far away. <laughs> a real butthole about it. I probably couldn't come in there and <laughs> I didn't do that. But I mean, that's how close we could be. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had a nice bunch of fish in that canal. However, if I'd gotten in there before you had, maybe it would have been a different short. Yeah. Who knows? Did you know that? So, uh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. I didn't know you were that close. I knew we were in the I same... I was the next canal to the north. Wow, that's crazy! I knew we were in the same vicinity. I knew that. I always yeah. knew that. I knew we were we were catching the same kind of grade of fish every day. So we were we were close, but I I didn't know you were that close. That's awesome! Wow. <laughs> Twenty years later, you did Dude, even know. Like it's funny though, but what Roland just said, it's so true. Like a cast, you could be a cast away. And miss it, you know. You could be that close, and wow. and it, it could it could go either way, you know, to winning or losing. And that's how tournament fishing is, you know. It's it's one of the cool parts of it, you know. You know, Mike. In fact, that that canal, you know, right where where when when you caught a big one, I think right where those two canals kind of split. Yeah. Kind of did a wide. Yeah. That. Yeah. Where you you caught a big four pounder there. Yeah. I caught some fish on that same spot to warm up. Wow. Not as big, but I did catch some pretty decent ones. And I was going to go in there, but that was where you were fishing. Wow. Wow. It's so, crazy. that one spot where they had the Y that came together yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yep. This is my new favorite segment of the history of this show. It probably is. <laughs> it's definitely – It this definitely is the highlight. Roland, we've been doing this show seven years. Every year I would bug Brian, please, let's get rolling on. Please, let's get rolling on. This, you've made my Christmas, you've made my year, you've made my life. Roland Martin, you are my hero. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. I love you more than you know. I really do. I love you more than you know. Um, thank you for being you. Thank you for never changing. Uh, you've got more passion than anybody I know in the sport. Um, and, and I just, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was unbelievable. I'm like, I tear, I'm almost at tears right now. Yeah, this was well, awesome. And, you know, try to, the thing about fishing that we can all enjoy, I'm an old man now, but I still enjoy it. And like you say, I yeah. still have the passion for it. And so no matter how old you get or whether you can even make a cast, if you love the sport, you love catching bass, that's what counts. That's right. Roland Martin, everybody. Merry Christmas, Roland. Thanks for coming on. Merry Happy Christmas, holidays. Roland. Wish you the best. <laughs> wow! Unbelievable! Wow, Unbelievable! Brian the Carpenter, thank you. Yeah, round of applause. Thank you, Brian the Carpenter. Thank you for doing that. Uh, man, what a great segment! I couldn't think of a better guest for a Christmas special. Uh, holidays uh, are right here. Christmas is right around the corner. Um, you heard it right there, Dave. The most passionate guy I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Still, sixteen still. years later, you didn't know he. I didn't. I knew fished your area and was. I knew we were close. I remember, you know, because like you know, you get wrapped up in the heat of the tournament. Yeah. You're so focused on what you're doing. I knew Roland was in the area. I knew Kevin Worth was in the area. Kevin Worth had a top, I think, ten or fifteen in that tournament. You know, so so I knew that, but I didn't know that he was that close. Wow. So that's unbelievable. But dude, that's it goes crazy. to show. Pete, Riz, you guys know Brian the Carpenter, dude. You can miss it or get it by a feat you know what i mean yeah. like 
And that's yep. how close. Like, what if I missed it by a little bit and Roland found it? He'd be a classic yep. winner. But for I, the, I, yeah. You know what I mean? It's but unbelievable. For the kids that, listening, that, yeah. like, they have their people that they watch and they idolize yeah. now. Yeah. And here you are, a canal away from the one we idolized. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... It's, it's unbelievable. That, it's so you know? surreal. It's so surreal. And, Pete, to hear those stories, you know, of, of uh, letting Roland and you rehash the stories of eating oh. fish yeah, in practice <laughs> that he was catching. Killing small like, fish. Like, these are, these are, <laughs> this is epic. These yeah, are the, the, the stories of, of the history of fishing right here. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to Scott. I talked to Scott Martin earlier today. Roland, you know, he's older. Technology's difficult getting yeah. him to, to, to. It was great. It was a great the Zoom feed. It was not easy. Yeah. Scott. Helped me out a lot with yeah, that. Yeah, that was awesome. Scott, Thank appreciate you, Scott. 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 Shout out to Scott Scott. Yeah, it's, it's the first family of bass fishing, dude. dude. Come on. Pretty much. <laughs> Incredible. So, what a great interview. So the way you ended that, talking about you know how important he was in your life. Very important. And that reaffirmed an observation I had. So about a year ago, we had Scott on. Yeah. Right? And I sat here producing the show. Scott's yep. up on the Zoom call right there. Yeah. You're, you're talking to him. And you're talking to Scott about what it was like to grow up with Roland Martin as your father. Yeah. Right? And I, you know, I, I, I just kind of was sitting here observing and watching the show, and 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 as Scott was painting the picture of 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 what that was like, you know, uh, just just daily life with, yeah. with Rowan as your father, I, I looked at you and I saw you just kind of look up, you know, you kind of looked up to the side, and and you had this this look on your face, and I could tell that you were you were you were putting the imagery together with what scott was saying and i saw it in your face how important that was to you because you and i didn't grow up dave we we didn't really grow up with dads right and no. it's usually your father that, that that brings you to the lake yeah. right and we grew up with single moms yeah. you know and and um and like Rome was our he was our dude, man. He, he, he was kind of our he dad, was, dude. dude. He I was mean, like, he was at least our fishing dad. He was one yeah. of our dudes. Yeah. yeah he was and, one and, of our dudes. And I saw that in your face when yeah. Scott was, was talking about growing up with Rowan as his father. And yeah. I could see the importance of it. Yeah. And that reaffirmed it. Yeah. So. It's, it's so cool to see that he's like the same guy that he was. You know, he's not, he hasn't changed. You know what I mean? Like all these years later, he's still rolling, you know? And I'm glad he addressed that thing about, you know, what's the best and the worst thing. I'm glad he brought that up because so many times people want to gravitate towards something negative. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, dude, he explained, like, it was a misunderstanding and everybody latched on. You know, they want to bring you down. Dude, what Rollin has done for the sport, there are so many people yeah. fishing because of what he's done. Yeah. You can't take that away. Nope. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Yeah, but I was such a loyalist. I thought the kid was just a jerk-off. Maybe that's why he didn't bring him out there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I wasn't upset about it. I didn't, didn't bother me, you know? Like, there's got to be a reason this guy didn't bring him. I don't know. I didn't know. I, 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 was, I was on rolling side. I, oh, I, loved God. Always. I loved how he studied the rules, you know? Yes. Like, that was a big impo- – that was an important part of his strategy was yeah. to study the rules. To see yeah. where the caveat was, to see where he could excel, you know, that that's uh, that that's pretty cool because he did. He did it with the with the jet boat. Yeah, he did it with the platform. Always pushing you know? it. He pushed it. Always pushing awesome. it. Always pushing yeah. it. Uh, I I want to know Riz real quick. So we we heard uh, Dave, Brian, and me, and and Pete Roland was a big inspiration to us uh, early on. Who was who was your inspiration, Rizzo? Uh, to be honest, it was, um, it, it was probably family oriented, yeah. like, uh, you know, like, like I've, I've said before, obviously my, 
my dad fished and um my whole family they were all salt guys they were all saltwater fishermen but uh it was probably just you know watching watching my dad and my cousins like in in the saltwater tournament fishing world and seeing some big time success from them early like that really put the bug in me yeah um but then you know when it comes back to full circle you know um understanding what the bass fishing industry was all about and kind of getting a grip on that you know that really that really happened for me you know when when the elite series came to philadelphia and you won that tournament and then i started to put some pieces of the puzzle together and started watching guys like you and kevin and um and hackney and jason christie and aaron martins was a huge one yeah um right around the same time that that I was immersing myself in the sport of fishing, Aaron was just dominating. He was, he was yeah. really fishing well. So, you know, all, all that, it was family. It was guys like you, it was guys like Aaron. It was, you know, the whole, the whole industry in and of itself. But I remember uh, being young, watching, watching uh, Bill dance. I remember watching yeah. Roland show. I remember watching Jimmy Houston. So all those guys had uh, definitely had an effect on it as well. And that was, that was one that was the coolest interview that I've been a part of since 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 I've been on the show was having Roland Martin yeah. on. Dude, he first dude, that, came to the Zoom call yeah. before the show. I was so geeked up. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that that was awesome. Honestly, Brian, thank you. Dude, that was like the yeah. best Christmas present ever. Like I can't even on Christmas morning, nothing's gonna compare to that. No, that was that was <laughs> Oh, Becky's not listening right now. I'm serious. <laughs> that was so Awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Dude, that was amazing. Riz, really in awesome. your department, KC Fishing, Mike Robinson, and Jordan S., send your information to Riz. Yes. Because you guys are getting MTB uh, sent yeah, to you. you're getting MTB right. box. Speaking of MTB, uh, before we take another break, let me remind you, if you're watching over on Facebook, all you have to do is like and share the feed. Like and share the feed, and you're going to be entered into a chance to win the famous, world-famous Ike Life gift bag. Uh, Brian, we've got an, one more segment coming up. This has been a great show. We we talk with the future, a little uh, Christmas future of fishing. Yes. We talk with legends the of the legend, past. The legend, the OG, uh, man. The OG. The OG. The OG oh, of yeah. fishing, Mr. Roel Martin. Yes. And we've got a good one coming up. Oh, I don't yeah. know who this is, but we've got a playmaker in the present, the oh, ghost yeah. of, of fishing future coming up here. So, Listen, uh, we're going to take a break, Brian. Uh, what do you think? Uh, maybe a minute to break, and we come back a I'll little bit more? I will say three minutes and 28 seconds. Okay, three minutes, 28 seconds. <laughs> when we come back, more Ike Live. Hi. Today we're going chest-to-chest chest in the Dr. Squatch lather test. On that half of Mike's impressive chest, we're rubbing them down with three name-brand bars. The result? A sad, milky film of disappointment. How's that feel, Mike? You see, Big Soap cuts corners and strips out all the sudsy goodness in order to make production cheaper. But not Dr. Squatch. Don't worry, Mike. Dr. Squatch soap retains all the natural ingredients, which creates a rich, foamy lather, leaving your skin healthy, soft, and clean. Ooh, looks like Squatch has taken over this peck party. How do you feel now, Mike? Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. When we say it lathers, it f***ing lathers. You deserve glorious lather. Take the lather challenge for yourself today.
four and a half inch drop shot worm, Bama bug. Finesse jig, PB&J, give me something hard. Hey, KVD here. Now, I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three-aught, no, four-aught EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerk bait and a stick bait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription. And now I know more about fishing than I do about Calculus. And he knows a lot about Calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016, featured article, four places to throw a frog, exclusive decals, <coughs> zombie bass, and how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. Live minnows. Is it lunchtime already? Nature's candy. Oh. Is he in my pocket? This time of year, I definitely recommend putting a little bit of this on your soft plastics, too. There he is. Another one. Next cast. And that would be number six. I'm addicted. I'll admit it. I'm, I'm straight addicted. Might be bigger. Think so? on your crappy jig and look where the stripers get it you can't even see it man that might be a keeper five seconds 